Today on the show, we're talking with two individuals who live a full-time RVing lifestyle. Welcome to Simple Money Solutions Podcast, your path towards financial independence through deliberate lifestyle choices. My name is Courtney, and I'm joined with my co-host Trevor and our two very special guests, Adam Doolittle and Kate McCallum, who live a full-time RV lifestyle. So this all began back on April 22nd, 2015, where Adam and Kate were employed in the radio industry in Fredericton, New Brunswick, with a combined 30 years of experience. But on April 23rd, that all changed. Adam and Kate were released from their duties due to the cost-cutting measures that had begun to overtake the entire broadcasting industry. Adam had a plan, though. He asked himself, what if we could live in an RV, travel across the country to wherever we wanted to go, and along the way, work jobs that would pay for our newfound lifestyle? Is it feasible? Would Kate really want to do this? And how would the cat and dog manage in an RV? So we're happy to have Kate and Adam here with us today to answer all of these questions that we have for them today and to really get an understanding of what it is like to live an RV lifestyle. So Adam, can you take the story from here and let our listeners in on how this your beginnings played out? You know, the major challenge in Canada is the weather. There's not many places you can full-time RV in the winter without you know, some serious, you know, modifications to your RV and whatnot. So I, I looked into it a little bit more. And then finally, I kind of just asked Kate, I mean, you know, is this something you you might want to do? I think it'd be fun. It'd be a great way to, you know, see the country, see the continent as a whole. And, you know, along the way, we can work various jobs just to kind of, and, uh, you know, should lead to a more exciting, fulfilling lifestyle and just, you know, plodding along. So, Kate, did you did you think this was a off-the-wall type of thing or was, did this right away sort of appeal to you? Uh, I said yes right away. And I think Adam was quite surprised by that, right? <laughs> I was because I have a lot of crazy ideas and this was definitely one of them, but she actually did say yes. Immediately said yes because it just gotten to the point in my life where I was just so tired of being a manager and I was making really good money, but it seemed like we were going nowhere with that money. Um, you know, we were paying rent and we didn't want to buy a home and you know it was it was just uh it just seemed like we were constantly just paying out all this money to all these bills just to live and that sort of thing. And when he came up with this idea, I immediately thought to myself, you know, this this would be the perfect way for us to go and see Canada and travel. And, you know, we don't have children and don't have to worry about schooling and that sort of thing. Although we do know people who do homeschooling with their kids and, and live uh, in their RVs. And uh, I was just up for an adventure after 20 years of, you know, working the, the, the radio lifestyle. So was the decision to to choose this lifestyle made easier by not having to make the tough decision to leave the jobs you currently held? Yeah, in a way. I mean, we obviously still had jobs to leave. Yeah, uh, we were working in a call center after we got let go out of radio and I was uh, having to continue to do that. So when he proposed this idea, it actually made it through the day at the call center. <laughs> <laughs> done with be able to, to, to start a really good life. Would, would it have been as easy to leave your radio jobs uh, and go pursue RV then? Would that have been a, a, a tougher decision? Back before we were laid off, probably, uh, you know, a year before that, we 
we kind of knew that that it was coming for like maybe not necessarily for us but there were cuts across country and a lot of our colleagues uh, that worked with our company and with other companies were let go and you know we were actually discussing doing something different like Adam had looked at you know possibly us moving to Scotland because we'd been there before and we <laughs> loved it and you know how could we do that and you hear about people who pick up and move abroad and that sort of thing so we thought well we could maybe we could do that you know we kind of we I wouldn't say that you know that it would have been hard I think because that's 30 years of career experience uh and it would have been a lot more difficult to break it to our families I think that you know (laughs) if we said that you know okay uh we're just done now we don't have any money yeah uh and we're just gonna start being nomads well and and financially too it would have been difficult because you know part of the funding this lifestyle came from our severance i just think a lot of people who who are looking for a way out i'll call it a lot of times you need a push or or some event to to trigger the chain reaction of decisions that follow yeah no that's absolutely the case and that's what it was for us uh sometimes it's just hard to make that change on your own right because like kate said we were we were kind of looking we kind of had the feeling something might be coming down the line as the company was cutting costs so you mentioned your families and friends how did they react to your decision well, Kate, you did it first, so... Yeah, on. I told my family first, and, uh, you know, my mom was very supportive. She's she's always been supportive of pretty much everything that I do, because she knows that, you know, she's raised her children to be able to look after themselves and do what they want. The only person in my family who was kind of like, what the heck are you doing, was my one sister, who is, you know, she's, she's just wor- she was worried that it was the wrong decision, and we're very close, so she felt confident enough in our relationship to be able to say, to me like are you sure you want to do that and don't you think you're going to freeze to death and that sort of thing (laughs) there was that conversation with her and it is an odd thing to tell someone okay we're going to sell everything we're going to move into an rv and we don't know where we're going to be living and for a lot of people that's a really hard thing to think about doing to their lifestyle because they're so attached to their things to the stuff that's in their house but as far as friends and stuff like that my friends were all cool with it and they know they know that no matter whatever I do that I'll do it well or and hey if it didn't work out then we would just go back and get a house and do something else so I was a little bit more reserved before telling my parents about it because I knew they would have a lot more (laughs) questions uh, about the whole whole thing so uh we we actually waited until we uh, purchased our RV to tell my parents which we did actually last right around this time last year in uh while we were down in orlando and we were just driving around the city and and just told them about it and for the most part they were pretty good with it i think but i mean they had their questions they were a little bit weary of you know why would you sell all of your stuff to which you know we just kind of told them it's just stuff it doesn't have that much value so they've been nothing but supportive since and you know most people really have been pretty supportive thinking that you know or telling us that they wish they could do something like this which is really nice to hear um and very rewarding obviously and it's true it's been it's been an awesome lifestyle so far you know when i bounce this idea off people i work with or family you know what do you think of the idea of living full-time in an rv i initial reactions always shock and you know it could never work out but as you talk about you know things i i talk to people about things i've read and they start to open up to the idea and after 
30 minutes. I'm always amazed by how open people are to the idea of it after you sort of talk through some of the concepts. Yeah, like I said before, if you had children, there would be a lot of different things you would have to consider. You have to have a base province. I mean, we have to as well, whether you have kids or not. You have to have a base province where you are back in that province for five to six months, depending upon the province for health care uh, to keep your health care. If you're doing homeschool, then you know, you can do it. But if you if you were not doing homeschool, it might be a little bit more tougher. But maybe not, though, because I mean, there are a lot of people who actually do live in RVs. They just don't tell people about it. They don't they don't tell people that they live in an RV 24 seven, you know, and I think that that's actually going to start changing more and more because so many people are seeing it as a viable option, mainly in the United States. But there are quite a few people here on Vancouver Island who live in their RVs just because there's such a housing crisis here so oh, yeah those are people that live in their rvs remain kind of stationary which is obviously a difference between us where we're kind of a bit of both we we remain stationary for you know decent chunks of time but we we are always kind of still planning to move yeah and uh keep nomading about and uh finding and exploring new places so you traveled from prince edward island to tofino bc can you give us some highlights and lowlights of this trip Lowlights? Can you really think of a low light? I mean, it was there, a- was a, there was a couple of things that happened. I mean, we knew that when we were traveling with our fifth wheel that everyone had warned us, be ready for something to break, be ready for something for uh, the possibility of being slowed down by a tire blowing or something like that. But we were very proactive in the sense that, you know, Adam got, even though I was like, we're going to spend like 500 bucks on this thing. Are you kidding me? But it's a tire sensor thing. And it's probably one of the most important pieces of equipment that we have when we travel, which basically tells you if your tires are going to blow on your fifth wheel, because that can, can cause damage. It can cause you to get into an accident. Uh, it can also, you know, result in several days of being you know, stranded, that sort of thing. So that was something that we invested in that helped us from, you know, running into any of those issues. We had an incident in Thunder Bay where we woke up one morning and we had no power. And the guy who came to fix it didn't even know what it was either. One of the guys at the the KOA there in in Thunder Bay, he was able to kind of jimmy it for us and fix it enough that we were able to continue to travel. It wasn't like a horrible thing or anything like that. The only other thing that we had happen was two incidents on the road. One was outside of Quebec City. I had... Montreal. uh, Or sorry, outside of Montreal. There was someone pulled over on the side of the road and... It was just a close call. It was a very... Yeah, I won't get into the details. Tales. It was a close call. It scared us both so, so bad. Nothing happened, but it scared us enough that I learned a lot from it to really, when you're in city centers like that, to just give yourself so much space and so much time in between you and the car in front of you. So, yeah, I would say that, you know, there was never a point when we were traveling, you know, over the course of the 36 days and driving parts were a learning experience, yeah. you know, living in it, you know, while on the road for the first time was a living or was a learning experience but it was all great honestly the worst part was probably not having wi-fi at most of the campgrounds yeah (laughs) there was also the possibility that we were going to get stuck in jasper for longer than what we wanted because they called for like one centimeter of snow and got like there were there was a snowstorm it was like five lot snow (laughs) it was like 10 centimeters of snow and that was over thanksgiving weekend i mean but as i said to kate if we were going to be stuck i mean would you rather be stuck anywhere else in jasper over the thanksgiving so i mean it could be a lot worse 
right? So, yeah. and then for highlights, I mean, it was it was a lot of fun. Quebec City was absolutely amazing. Beautiful. Uh, driving through Northern Ontario, which a lot of people say you should skip if you are just driving that way. I, I would not say that. I mean, we were blessed to do it at, uh, you know, in the fall. So the colors were changing a little bit, but driving along Superior is quite marvelous. And then, you know, into the prairies, they weren't nearly as boring as people were saying, no. uh, you know, and then you get into, you know, the Rockies and stuff. And Jasper was just incredible, all the wildlife there. And then the real fun of driving really started once we left Jasper and entered into BC, because that's when the mountains really start to become <laughs> quite adventurous yeah. uh, when you're towing an RV but you know and then finally arriving into Fino where we knew we'd be staying for a while and you know our new home kind of the whole process was was amazing and I know we're we're looking forward to the next trip whenever that might come Mm -hmm. now how did you decide on Tofino BC we didn't decide on Tofino per se but when I first came up with the idea it had to be Vancouver Island for the winter because we're not retired because we would need a steady you know influx of cash we realized that Vancouver Island would be the place to be in the winter because the climate is so much better there typically it doesn't drop below zero unless it's overnight and there's little to no snow (laughs) although this winter for most of the island they've gotten quite a bit of snow but here in Tofino two days of snow it was actually when I was in Ontario Um, yeah it was like two centimeters it was no big deal yeah but uh, we ended up up uh, coming to Tofino. It's a spot that we uh, arranged with uh, the resort here, Crystal Cove Beach Resort, uh, to uh, just doing general campsite you know, maintenance and stuff like that in exchange for our site. So aside from the few campgrounds that we stayed at during our journey across Canada, we haven't ever had to pay for campsites. So, I mean, that's been a huge saver of cash for us. So because this is a personal finance podcast, we do have some more personal finance related questions to ask you. And the first one being, what kind of RV do you own and how much did it cost? fifth wheel it's a 2008 heartland sundance it's about 30 feet long and it cost us i believe just under twenty five thousand dollars and i guess you you had to buy a special truck to pull that is that yeah yeah (laughs) go ahead yeah truck shopping is not that much fun but you know we managed to find uh, a truck that would be able to pull this we got a 2006 ford f-250 it was 11 grand i believe but yeah so it was eleven thousand dollars it's a diesel so you you decided to go with a uh, a truck in a fifth wheel as opposed to a motorhome what, what was sort of the reasoning behind that for me it's because it's uh, two engines, basically, right? Because if you have a motorhome, you're likely going to pull a vehicle behind your motorhome so that you can put around town or whatever afterwards, right? But knowing that, knowing that I'm not mechanically inclined and stuff like that, I didn't want to have to worry about a motorhome engine and then another car engine on on top of that so uh, and plus motorhomes are significantly more expensive as well you know even used ones are still quite pricey brand new they're really really pricey compared to fifth wheels but it, it was and you know honestly i like the layouts of fifth wheels better than motorhomes uh, it's just a personal taste they feel more kind of like home than motorhomes do so after living a full-time rv lifestyle for quite some time would you say that that lifestyle is cheaper than the traditional sticks and bricks lifestyle 
Oh, yeah. I mean, the only thing that we pay for, uh, you know, uh, is uh, our insurance and our cell phone. And that's it. And, well, we're in British Columbia, so we also now pay for our health insurance, too. Yeah, which we didn't know we'd have to do. No. (laughs) Really? So that's different than Ontario? or That's where I'm in, Ontario. Okay. Well, I didn't know that. No, it's uh, 75 bucks a month or something like that like that it's, yeah. it's a completely different system that kind of caught us off, a little bit off guard once once we got out here but <laughs> yeah well we we knew when we when we were coming that that there that you did have to pay but because it goes by your uh income or your income tax right they're still they've got us on the pay scale of what we were paid when we uh, made way more money it's yeah. expensive right now but when we do our taxes it should go down okay Hopefully. And so can you give, yeah. it, give us an example, like what kind of aspect makes it cheaper in terms of uh, sort of day-to-day living expenses? Well, I mean, first and foremost, we don't have a mortgage, right? I mean, a mortgage is obviously still a, in or a way, rent. you know, or rent, but I mean, a mortgage is, a, you know, a source of equity too, which is is a good thing. But uh, I mean, we like Kate said, we don't have the bills. We don't have the, you know, the heat bill, hydro, uh, sewage, water, property taxes, taxes, this services that our campgrounds provide for us. So I mean, we save big money that way. I mean, there are people that, you know, we read stories every day on different full time RVing forms and whatnot about people who can't figure it out (laughs) and find that it costs as much or more to live in an RV than it does, you know, in a house. But, you know, the way we found it and the way we've adjusted, you know, it's been much cheaper for sure. I know you mentioned, uh, you, you, you've mentioned a few things about uh, less focus on material possessions and it's, I'll call it a minimalist lifestyle where your focus is more on experiences and not material possessions. That's got to be a big contributor, I would think. It is because, you know, I think one thing that a lot of people do on a, if not biweekly, you know, more than that, every week, they go to some sort of store, department store, whatever, and they buy stuff. And they... They buy all kinds of things and you buy all kinds of things that you don't need. And, you know, you you have, you know, clothes for at work, you have clothes for after work, you have, you know, your clothes for the weekend, that sort of thing. And and Adam has really pared down his, his wardrobe big time. But I mean, compared to the wardrobes that we used to have and how much we used to clothes shop and, and just, just for the sake of getting something new, you know, we don't. First of all, there's no department stores in Tofino. <laughs> the closest is uh, over is almost two hours away. You know, we've given given away or sold the majority of our possessions. We don't collect things. We use the library. Yesterday was my day off, and we spent the afternoon hiking up a mountain, and that was so much fun. We had a great time, and it was completely free. There's that aspect of it that when you have a house and you live near a city center, your life is just different. We walk on the beach. We don't really watch TV. No. Read books, that sort of thing. It's just a completely different lifestyle that I think is much more healthier for your your brain and and for your uh, your health. Kind of tell people about it and, and how freeing it is to kind of just get rid of your stuff. It, you know, you can start to see the looks on their faces like, yeah, maybe I might want to do that. So I want to jump now to a very inspirational blog post you wrote, Kate, on your website that is very lifestyle-centered, and it's called How the Full-Time RV Lifestyle Changed My Life. And I just want to read it now for our listeners because it is amazingly written. So in Kate's words, two years ago, I would wake up with a dull ache in my jaw. 
My teeth would be throbbing. I rarely slept through the night. Occasionally, bouts of insomnia would hit me. My mind would not shut off. A vicious conversation would be taking place in my thoughts at 3 a.m. Am I good enough to do this job? How can I solve rating issues for a radio station that doesn't have a loyal following? Am I making enough money to pay the bills? Is my relationship going to be damaged because we work so much? I am fat and getting old. These statements and questions would go through my head all the time. The, my inner conversation at 3 a.m. was one-sided, dark and sad. At times I would cry, sobbing, feeling sorry for myself. My mental health was at a low point in March 2015. I was working 50 to 60 hours a week. My blood pressure was so high that my doctor asked me, do you have to do this as your career? I had to wear a mouth guard to protect my teeth from grinding in my sleep. For years, I ground my teeth so hard that I cracked my back molar and had to have it removed. I was I was going regularly to the chiropractor for back problems. He indicated a lot of it, a lot of it was from sitting in stress. At times, my back would hurt so bad I wouldn't be able to carry the laundry down the stairs or walk far with the dog. The amount of pressure my job and own mindset created had built to an all-time high. It was making me mentally unstable and affecting my body in so many ways. It was only a matter of time before something more serious would occur to my health. But then I lost my job. A sweet relief once the initial shock and anger wore off. The relief was imminent. The job loss turned out to be a wonderful blessing in disguise. When we decided to live the full-time RV lifestyle, things started falling in place for our future. I also saw improvements in my health. My back slowly started to get better. My blood pressure went down. I reduced the amount of medication I was taking. I spent more time with Bella and Adam, which is always fantastic. Now, when I work now, I leave work at home. I never think of work now when I am at home. I know now that I am not the kind of person that was meant to do a job that envelops your whole entire life. I respect people that can do that, but I'm not built for that. I'm a creative person, and when my life is fully engaged in work 24-7 with no time for reading, writing, and reflective, my creativeness diminishes, and I slowly wither away. One of the first things I did when I lost my job was write a book. It took me a few months to complete, and I found this process very cathartic. It hasn't seen the light of day since April 2016, but one day I will go back and do something with it. My life has changed so much since we started the full-time RV lifestyle, and it hasn't even been a year yet. So when I read this blog post, it's like you were peeking inside my mind. I, I resonated with this so much. I sent, I forwarded the uh, link to this to coworkers, friends, and family, and everybody I talked to about it could resonate with some aspect of this post. And I, I just, where is your mind now compared to when you wrote this? Where's my mind now compared to when I wrote that? Well, I mean, I'm still, I feel great. It's. It's hard to explain, really. I guess I guess the thing of it is, is that everybody has stress on them, no matter what it is, whatever they do. And, and I'm not saying that my life is completely stress-free now. I do have stress. You know, I work as a server at a restaurant. so But it, it, it isn't the same as the, the pressure that I used to put on myself, because now it's just the pressure of getting someone there in a reasonable amount of time or something like that and it doesn't um, drag into the next day in, in the next it certainly day, doesn't in the next I don't week. Think it, right yeah i'm not thinking about work when i come home i'll tell adam about my day and whether i had you know great customers or a customer that was a jerk or whatever but you know it, it isn't something that uh 
I'm now, I, I'm not tied to it with my phone, which I, I used to be constantly on call, constantly getting emails from employees, that sort of thing. And, and I mean, and that was mostly my doing though. That wasn't the company's doing. I encouraged employees to email me anytime or to call me anytime if they had problems, but it just, you know, after being let go, I, I finally realized that I really am not built to be like that. And I don't think a lot of people are that, you know, we put so much stress on ourselves to have a perfect home, to have a great vehicle to drive, to have money, to have clothes, you know, that are perfect for all these different things that we do. And it's just, it's too much for some people. And then if you throw kids into the mixture, you know, you have the stress of your children and making sure that they're doing everything that the other children are doing and it's just a lot to have as a human being and you know to to simplify it all and to make things easier on yourself it just completely it changes who you are like who I am now is definitely not who I was two three years ago Uh, I'm much happier now you know, I'm still getting older, like I wrote in the blog. <laughs> I'm, you know, I'm, I haven't lost any weight or anything like that, but I feel so much better. And, uh, and, and that's really all that matters. And I don't uh, put as much self about losing weight or about, you know, having a uh, perfect hair to go to work or whatever it may be. You were talking about a business you're starting. Could you elaborate a bit on that? When we were on our way here from Prince Edward Island, we went on a couple of food tours. Didn't really think much more of it other than we had a great time on the food tours, trying all different types of food and old Montreal and that sort of thing. And so anyway, so when we got here, Adam said to me, he said, you know, we really should come up with a business that, um, that allows us to be more sustainable and even more free basically so but nothing was like like when i first trying to think of the full-time rving idea nothing was quite coming to me yet and then then kate had this wonderful idea of doing a food tour in tofino so we did a small course online and i've been in the process of contacting the different uh, restaurants here because you have a very small area and none of them are chain restaurants the only chain here is starbucks not even really and it's not yeah i mean it's starbucks at Crystal Cove. So um, yeah, it's so there's all these unique restaurants here that serve wonderful seafood and all different types of uh, craft beer and time off in the winter and and just have a really good steady source of income rather than me just serving and Adam, you know, working in exchange for for rent and that sort of thing. Yeah, one of the things that kind of presented itself when we were arriving in Tofino and even when we first moved to PEI again uh was like you know Kate had to find some jobs Uh, I had you know either been doing the work camping stuff in PEI also had another job but uh you know it quickly became evident that we needed to figure out a better system than just hopping town to town and getting jobs that every time we went because there's always downtime when you have a job and you're in the search of in the search for one which means you're not making any money whatever you know for food and stuff like that so you know i kind of said to kate we need to kind of figure out something that'll you know be sustainable and will also give us a certain you know amount of passive income that will you know allow us to make money while we're still traveling and so this idea seems to be uh one that will allow us to do just that. 
So would you say by changing your environment, you sort of change how you view different uh, job or uh, business opportunities? They, they look differently because you've changed your environment. If you still were working in your radio jobs, uh, this business might not might have not looked as enticing. Is, is that a true statement? 100%. I would have never have tried to start up a business if I was still working in radio. It wouldn't have been something that I would have even considered. I don't think. Certainly not the person that I was you know, in 2014, 2015, uh, I had never even considered that I would be confident enough to to build a business. I mean, I knew how to program music and I knew how to be an announcer on the radio and do news and that sort of thing. But I, I certainly didn't think that I would have in me to, to put together a business. And yet here we are doing this because I think what happened was is that both of us realized when we put Full Time Canada together, there was instantly such a connection with so many people. I think something, but definitely I've you know, kind of changed our, our view of, of what we can and cannot do. Yeah. And I think to add to that, I mean, it's just one of those instances that shows you that you can learn from your experiences. And we learned that through traveling, through going on different food tours and whatnot, that this is something that we could do and offer uh, as well, you know, with Kate. I mean, we're both really like food but kate's also a server and whatnot so she has that kind of expertise and you know on on my side i can build the website for it and help it run and stuff so we're very complimenting that way but i mean experiences and that's the one of experiences that we can learn from and grow on advice you could give to somebody is don't just sit around waiting for an opportunity to present present itself go change what you're doing if you want something if you want your environment to change is that is that a would some advice you'd give our listeners Absolutely. I, you know, the one thing we hear from people when they say, well, I don't know what I would be able to do as a work camper because I've only worked for someone for 30 years. And I don't know if I would be able to, to go and work camp someplace. Of course you can, because they need people in the office to, to work in their offices and do things and really any kind of experience that you in any tied in to help you change your life to, to be better. Something that I've learned as well is that you just kind of have to reach a point where you just stop making excuses for not doing something and just do it. You know, people are inherently scared to make change in their life, whether it is changing a job or doing something a little more drastic where you're changing your entire lifestyle like us. You know, it takes certain types of people to do those things. But that's the one thing I, you know, I would tell people is to being scared is natural, but don't let that stop you from living your life. So get out and Try something new every day if you can and learn from life's experiences. Wow, that, that was really well said. So on top of everything you have said about lifestyle, can you give us a little glimpse of what a bad and a good day looks like within the current lifestyle that you two are living? I, mean, I don't want to say it's a bad day, but it is one of those days kind of leaves your hair a little bit. Uh, we woke up this morning freezing cold in our RV. It was 12 degrees when we got out of bed this morning. Um, and it was because, uh, well, we didn't have heat. So we thought we were at a propane. Nope, it wasn't that we had propane. But uh, something between our battery and our converter wasn't working, uh, which then powers the furnace and whatnot. And just it's been a day of trying to figure out what the heck is going on with the battery slash the converter <laughs> and trying to stay warm at the same time. So we've come up with a, a Band-Aid solution in the meantime, but we still have to come up with that, uh, you know, that final solution that will hopefully allow us to learn a little bit more. But I mean, there's stuff like that that pops up every now and then. But it's the same kind of stuff that would pop up 
if you were just a homeowner. Uh, I was, was going to say, yeah, exactly. In a lot of ways on a smaller scale. And then a really good day. It was yesterday. Yeah. Yesterday, uh, Adam and I got up. We went to uh, the radio station here in Tofino that is basically a rewant radio station. We did the morning show. We had fun. Then we went, we, you know, we were only there for a couple hours. Yeah. Then we came home and had something to eat, and Adam went and played cribbage with his friend, and I read my book and cleaned the RV, and then we went and climbed up Cox Mountain and saw a beautiful, beautiful view of this area that really reminded me that it kind of is really looks like Hawaii here, and <laughs> some people say it is Canada's Hawaii. And uh, then we climbed down the mountain, and we were all muddy, and... We had burritos. We went and got burritos <laughs> at Taco Fino, which is... The best. The best taco <laughs> place ever. A little taco truck here. And then we went home and what did we do? We watched a movie and it was great. Yeah, it was an awesome day. It was a great day. Wow, that does sound like a really good day. <laughs> I'm kind of jealous. Let's talk about internet connectivity. How does that work for full-time RVers? Uh, well, as you know, we, it's not the easiest. <laughs> um, it, you know, it does vary from, uh, from park to park uh, and depending on what your situation is. Um, in Prince Edward Island, we were lucky enough, uh, we were staying at Jellystone in Prince Edward Island uh, in Borden Carlton. And while we were work camping there, because part of the work camping um trade that we do is you know includes you know advertising on our website and social media and stuff like that uh the camp host there actually graciously hooked us up with a direct line internet so we had high speed internet all summer long which is awesome wow um and then then we started making our trip away from pei which was completely different uh we uh you know crossing canada over 36 days we had i think a good internet connection in winnipeg and that was probably about it <laughs> where we could actually use the internet from the rv um you know because sitting around in your pjs on the internet's the best thing you can do um but um after that i mean we got to tofino and uh you know we quickly learned that the internet here isn't the best and that's just town wide it's not even here in the park so we actually now have a system on our rv it's called wi-fi ranger and it's uh it's a wi-fi booster that amplifies uh wi-fi free open wi-fi signals uh, as far as uh two two miles away so it allows us to stay more connected on a more frequent basis it's not the perfect solution but it's a good solution for the most part so there are other systems out there that i know some full-time rvers who you know have really you know online driven business and they have to be online 24 7 kind of thing they have some pretty heavy duty systems that cost quite a bit of money but for us i mean this seems to work for the most part i mean you know if the internet drops like it did just not too long ago we come into the office here and you know we will do whatever kind of work we need to do in the meantime if you had to do this all over again and start over again what would you do differently you know, the, the interesting thing about buying an RV is, especially when you don't know anything about RVs, is just trying to figure out if this is going to be the one for you. When we were searching for an RV just over a year ago, you know, it's the middle of winter. We had to drive all over New Brunswick trying to find that perfect RV because we knew we would be living in it full time. At the same time, we were buying a used RV, which comes with a lot of questions. You know, who were the owners before? How did they treat it? Is there anything wrong with it? Uh, and you know, at the same time, you don't know if salespeople are going to disclose everything that's wrong with it because they just want your commission for the most part. Now, 
we thought we had a pretty good sales experience. Looking back on it, it might not have been the best. Uh, you know, our RV does have some small things here and there, nothing crazy. Uh, but now, you know, I would just say to other people that might be looking into it, just just reach out to other RVers and ask them their opinion of certain things and just learn, learn, learn before you do make that kind of a purchase. Because that was the one thing that still kind of bothers me a little bit because I am very conscientious of how we spend our money. And if, you know, we wasted a big chunk of money in a real lemon of an RV, I'd be really mm-hmm. PO'd at myself. Thankfully, our RV is pretty good, but it's not without issues. Uh, so I just say, you know, do your research. So what are your plans for this upcoming year and beyond? As Kate mentioned, we're uh, going to be launching Tofino Food Tours uh, probably in May. Um, And then what we'll be doing is likely staying here in Tofino until the end of October, which was never the plan. Uh, We were originally planning just to spend the the winter here, enjoy the nice weather, and then head out to the rest of Canada for the summer kind of thing. But with this business, we're going to stay here. We're going to launch it. uh, And then, yeah, around Thanksgiving, we'll probably take off. Uh, ideally, I'm seeing ourselves exploring the rest of Vancouver Island uh, for a couple weeks. Um, and then, depending on how things go, we might uh, head south and stay warm for the winter in the U.S. of A. If you could go back, what advice would you give your 20-year-old selves? Oh, I would tell myself to not worry about my hair so much. <laughs> uh, I would tell myself that that the confidence that I feel as a 20 year old is going to be double that when, when, you know, you're in your forties and that things actually do get better as you get older in regards to how you think and, and that sort of thing. And, and I guess the other piece of advice too, I would give is that, you know, things always work out. They, they truly do. Everything's cyclical, right? You're going to go through your good times. You're going to go through your bad times. Um, Yeah. I mean, my main thing to tell people, you know, it, it's another one of those quote things is, you know, just work for yourself, uh, you know, make your own dreams come true. Don't, you know, slave over somebody else's company to make theirs come true. You know, if for that company, you know, helps you, you know, achieve your level of happiness that you want to achieve, then great. But I mean, if you're just going in to pay the bills and leaving at the end of the day miserable, that's not living. You need yeah. to you need to find a better life. And, you know, you you at one point dreamt of something and so at some point or rather those dreams stopped, you know, being actual pursuable dreams for you. So change your mind frame a little bit and, you know, push yourself, get out of that shell and try and actually achieve those dreams. My niece is in her early 20s and I always tell her, the one thing I've learned that you need to know when you're in your early 20s is, is don't let people treat you like crap. That's the biggest thing. It truly is. Like, just don't allow it to happen, whether it's at your job or whether it's a boyfriend or whoever. In closing, how can our listeners and others connect with you? Yeah, we're all, we're on all the social media uh, platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest. Just look up Full Time Canada. Uh, and of course, we have our website, fulltimecanada.ca. We'll have all those links in our show notes for, for our listeners to check out. And also, uh, might I say, your website is absolutely beautifully laid out. And I urge all of our listeners to go visit it. It's just it's a great source of inspiration and you've done an incredible job with it. Thank you so much. We appreciate that. 
And that is it for this week. Thank you so much to Kate and Adam for joining us this week. It was an absolute pleasure having you on the show with us today and hearing about all of the experiences and adventures you've had living in full-time RVing lifestyle. And I know already you provided our listeners with a wealth of information and inspiration on how they can do the same. Make sure to head over to our show notes where you'll find all of Adam and Kate's social media and website links. And until next week, keep it simple.